Welcome to the Bread and Cup podcast hosted by Corey and Shauna Burris. They are a former pastor, a college teacher, and Pacific Northwest coffee lovers. Mostly, they are Jesus followers who find themselves in lots of interesting conversations with non-Christians, former Christians, wondering Christians, and young adults from all kinds of backgrounds. And we want to invite you into those conversations. The Bread and Cup podcast is a place for real talk about the Bible, life, and what it takes to move beyond the easy answers. So let's grab a cup and join the conversation. Welcome to the Bread and Cup podcast. I'm Shauna. And I'm Corey. And this week in our cup is chai tea latte. Mm. In your cup, because I'm not a big chai tea fan. I know. I don't know why you hate delicious things. I like like three things when it comes to liquid beverages, and that's what I stick with. And coffee. And of late... Cold Beer. brew. Oh, brew, brew. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, our uh, bread-ish thing for this week is um, a caramel apple pie that um, we did. We did a thing where we met up with some fellow foster families that we meet with and gave them a nice little kit that they can make their own apple yep. pies. And then our daughter came home and made one for us. So it was great. It was great. So we assembled- Always good to have our kids bake food for us. So. Absolutely. I think this this podcast may evolve into things elves baked for us. Yes. Yeah. But uh, but this week we are uh, we are talking about the discussion about what is the Holy Spirit and um, kind of what what how is it viewed, what it is and what it isn't in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, so uh, um, now I, I will preface this with a little bit of like we we grew up in the Pentecostal church. Yeah, uh, I think still, we say that almost every episode now. No, we talk about yeah, maybe we do. So just but, about. So if well, you're new, new welcome. Reminder. That's new information for you. If you're a longtime listener, apologies. Yeah, but I remember. Um, so uh, I remember talking with someone that um, was a Christian, uh, went to an evangelical church in, yep. in the South. And I said to her, she's like, well, what kind of church do you go to? And she goes like, I go to an EV free church. Like, what do you do? And I'm like, oh, our church is, you know, Pentecostal. And her eyes like got really, <laughs> really big and yeah. and was like, oh, Pentecostal. And then she was like, hmm. And I could tell that she felt very uncomfortable with what we believe or what she thought we believe. Yeah. And at that time, you didn't know um, what we know now that that. Pentecostal can be sort of a catch-all term for right. for slightly more effervescent um, Protestant churches, but Pentecostal is also a denomination that comes with right. with a very set prescribed snake dance and stuff like that. Yeah, not or always, even maybe like, not snake dancing, but just sort of bit. very <laughs> very very specific, very codified beliefs and actions, and so. I think on reflection, she was thinking of the denomination that came with behaviors that were not necessarily evident in your life. Yeah. She was very surprised, which maybe that's a good thing. So in a lot of ways, because. Yeah. Well, she certainly had, she did not have a positive view of what that meant. But, but uh, we are going to talk, I mean, a big piece, a big element of the Pentecostal movement is this idea of the Holy Spirit. And there's a lot of. I would say I, I'm, I'm not saying that only the Pentecostals believe in the Holy Spirit. No, in fact, but, that's it is a. I mean, that is the Holy Spirit is one of the three aspects of the Trinity. So right. every Christian church affirms and accepts 
some version of Holy Spirit. Yes, but but as being Pentecostal, I think we lean into that a little bit, sometimes overly so. And and because of that, there's a lot of assumptions about what the Holy Spirit is. Or And or... I think we need to disentangle um, the idea of... And so today we want to talk about what the Holy Spirit is, full stop. And that should be fairly well not denominational. Like right. just what is the... what actually because it's sort of you know when you list the trinity it's father son holy spirit and it's sort of like father son oh yeah holy spirit like you're trailing off right. there at the end or if you're pentecostal it's father son holy spirit yeah. you know yeah, like, yeah um so. move for this move as the spirit moves you you know and and so there's this little bit of an imbalance so for today's discussion let us just disentangle when we use the term holy spirit we mean one of the three persons of the Trinity, we do not mean speaking in tongues. Right. Because at least in some of the spheres that we have been in and around, not necessarily the not necessarily the churches we've been part of as either staff or certainly, you know, volunteers, but we're close enough to that side of things that sometimes Holy Spirit becomes synonymous with um, either tongues or what what we lovingly call the magic genie. Right. Which is like, I love that term because it makes it does make me think of Aladdin, which I love that movie. Right. Both the original cartoon and Will Smith's interpretation. But I celebrate them equally. But we do like a big muscular, you know, blue cloud that comes out of a, you know, bottle that, that answers our wishes, which is right? kind of how we treat and the And entertains Spirit. us with song and dance and makes us feel all warm and gushy and fun. Right. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So... The Holy Spirit is not Aladdin, though, or the genie in the Bible. No. So. I mean, we do love Will Smith, sing along. But you're right, not the Holy Spirit, nor the role of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Although when we were in college, I, there's this story, and I've probably told it a hundred times since then, so apologies to this now woman. If you hear, if you're listening to this and this is you, I really appreciate your story. I've used it a lot. Um, and thank she, you for listening. <laughs> thank you for listening. Please like, follow, subscribe, share with your friends. Leave a comment so people can find us. Um, we were in the the hallway of the dorm. So she lived a couple doors down from me. We did not know each other very well. Um, but, you know, when you're in the dorms, you end up just, you interact with everybody, especially at a small Bible college. And she's one of our, you know, people in common um, uh, complimented her shirt. In fact, Corey, today you are wearing a red shirt. I am. She said, I like your red shirt. And she like became like overcome with emotion. <gasps> oh, thank you. This morning when I was getting dressed, I asked the Holy Spirit what I should be wearing. And this is what I put on. And do you know that when I was walking down the street, so when someone complimented me on it and I was able to talk with them and I just felt like that was an ordained moment. And I know my voice is mocking right now. So let me just pause to say, far be it from me to say that the Holy Spirit never uses our wardrobes, our outfits, or random moments. I, I do not mean that at all. I mean this as a thematic pattern that was happening in our Bible college at the time. This idea that like humans don't make their own decisions. Mm -hmm. Like, like the decision we want to make is 
I want to follow Jesus. And at that point, we make no more decisions. The Holy Spirit is in charge of everything. Right. It's that, the ultimate guide, right? Like giving... That red shirt, you don't pick that because you're a Christian now. Holy Spirit does all your thinking for you. And and so I... This explains a lot of my wardrobe, though, through Bible college, so... <laughs> <laughs> but no longer. Right. When it comes to wardrobe, I'm in charge. That's true. That's true. And you always look very nice. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. You do pick out your own clothes, just to be clear. Like, I buy this stuff, but you ch you choose your own outfits every day. I don't want people to think I, like, lay your stuff out. Um, but But to me, that sort of... The, the way that interaction happened, again, if you want to pray about what you want to wear that day, have at it. But it pointed to this idea of like that the Holy Spirit is this like magic genie that you could just say, I want my life to go great. And then the genie sort of just decides everything for you and just makes stuff happen. And you become this very passive, unthinking disengaged, almost puppet-esque character that the Holy Spirit, once you, you make the choice as a free will human to like sign up for the Jesus thing. And then after that, the Holy Spirit becomes these strings that then dictate everything you do. And I think the, the problem with that is, first of all, I don't believe that the Holy Spirit works that way. And because of that, it becomes a crutch for us making excuses for the actions that we're taking, right? Yeah. And or it becomes... simply just lack of action. Right. Yeah. Well, the I didn't feel led to do that. And I didn't... Well, you were told to do that in the Bible. So like... Right. You don't have to be told... You don't have to be led to be kind to people, you know? Right. You, have, you, are, you are told that that's the way you are supposed to act in the first place. Exactly. You don't need the Spirit to lead you to do that. And you are using that as an excuse for your inability to act on that. Yeah. So, or your own... Exactly. My little rant. Yeah. So. Preach, Corey. And that leads to the other side of this. And they... They might be connected or, or, you know, maybe they're two sides of the same coin. I'm not sure. You guys can decide. Let us know. Um, catch us on Instagram and tell us your thoughts. But um, the other piece of the sort of misuse of the Holy Spirit is as a future predictor. Mm. And a hundred percent. So here's where this gets tricky for me because you and I absolutely pray about our future. Right. We absolutely Pray for our children, for their today, for their tomorrow, for their 20 years from now. We pray about, we pray about decisions we're making um, because we want to be submitted. If we're saying we're in a relationship with Jesus, we better right. down roll, ask him what he thinks, just like we ask each other and our important friends and family before we make big decisions. Hey guys, this is what we're thinking. Is there something that you're seeing that we're not seeing? And so absolutely, we should be seeking God in an ongoing basis. But that's not really what I'm talking about. Yeah. It's not a... Um, well, I mean, and I struggle with this to some extent because I think that... Um, part of me wants to go, well, what happens happens and there's really no... Yeah, like it's just going to happen. And there, what good does talking with God about it matter? Huh. Huh. Um, and and going, man, God is in this for us and has something yeah. to teach me. But it's more about that second part 
yeah. that that God has something to teach us and what is happening yeah. than it is about God manipulating the world to work for you. Yeah. If that makes sense. It, it, yeah. It's about changing your perspective on your situation and the Holy Spirit guiding your decisions in a way that you approach them with the right heart yeah, and not you making the right decision that is the heart of God, if that makes sense. It does to me. Let me see if I can say it. it <laughs> yeah. I mean, I probably makes sense to our listeners. I'm going to see if I can say it slightly a different way. Um, I, I, in fact, let's take it to a really simple analogy because I love analogies. Uh, we, as the adults in this house, we make dinner nightly. Now, we want our children to be capable adults. That is our goal, is we're not trying to raise... I saw this quote from John Acuff today. I think he actually posted it yesterday, but... I said, oh, John. Oh, I love John Acuff. He is... I know. I hope I never meet him because it will be really embarrassing for me. Possibly for him. Um, certainly for Corey. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know what that means. But I'll just I'll fangirl, it'll be, and it'll be bad. Um, but he he tweeted yesterday or today, we're not trying to raise cool kids. We're trying to raise kind kids. Mm. And he, that's not quite how we say it. We're, we say, we're not trying to raise, we're not trying to make happy children. We're trying to raise, um, great adults. Uh, but so we make dinner every night. The kids will eat. Yeah. What we want is not just for our kids to have a nutritious meal and like survive. That would be salvation. What we want is for them to be participants in it. Now, dinner is showing up either way. But when they choose to participate with us, they learn things that they wouldn't by simply being in the house when it's happening or by eating the meal that we've provided or even by helping us clean it up. By being in the kitchen, it invites them into a piece of the process that equips them for something. And it often makes the dinner the immediate dinner better because they can help steer things like, you know, I, I want more, our son, I want more meat in that. Or I, I don't like it when it has meat in it. That's meat. The other yeah. That's child, the other kid. So and then we have one hard. that likes all of them, but you know, then, then they can select how we go about these meals and they have buy-in so that when we sit down, they enjoy the immediate meal, but also in the long term, they're better equipped to live out something that's just part of life anyways. And, and for me, that's sort of the difference between God as sort of using the idea of the Holy Spirit as a future predictor, like, mm. Ooh, great, great, you know, genie in the sky. What will we have for dinner? No whammies, yeah. no whammies, pizza. What should we have for dinner that will, you know, you know, yeah. What is the, and, the perfect food for the evening so that, you know, things go well. And then when things don't go well, we throw our hands up and we say either we didn't But we made well. the perfect meal or yeah. why did you betray me? When really it's, listen, you, you will be warm and you will be fed. And it may or may not be your favorite meal, but it will be what you need for tonight. Why don't you participate? And so I... Of course, there are always people who can say these things way better than we can. Um, I love this quote from John Ortberg. It's in uh, his book, The Life You've Always Wanted. He says, we pray or use God said as a way to predict our version of success. 
Many people give little thought to spiritual guidance until they face a major decision. What these people want is not guidance in any Christian sense of the term. They want inside information, so they will know beforehand which choice will be leading to money, happiness, and success. That's the genie future predicty. Right. Where what God wants is, hey, kiddo, I've, I've got you. Like money, happiness, success, those are superfluous. What you will have is security, identity, stability, assured peace. I've, I've already got that handled. I'm just inviting you to participate in it. Yeah. And, you know, the more you... Yeah. And I think a lot of this is coming out of... Um, uh, is because it there's some baggage that was carried into... I, I So I'm going to jump a little bit outside of what exactly we're talking about to talk about something kind of to the side. And that is, I believe that God, that what's happening in our community... Mm-hmm. is almost always God moving something and that the church should be leading on that. So for yeah. instance, right now we're in, and we're in a moment of justice and, and there's, there's a desire for authenticity and yeah. all of those things. And accountability. And, and that is happening in the quote unquote secular world. Yep. But I believe that the church is being called to that first, right? I believe mm. that God is doing that in the church yeah. and that yes, you're seeing it in the secular world, but and and that they're kind of they're connected in many ways, right? Mm-hmm. Like God is moving his is moving people, and the church is 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 dealing with it at a deeper level. Yeah, I think the same is true when you go back and if you look through history on all the major reformations in the church happened around major events happening in society. Yeah, um, and and I in the early 1900s is when the more spiritual movement hap- was yep. happening and there was a hyper spiritual movement happening in the secular world this is why you know there were people doing seances there was all this thing like there's yep. spiritualists going around traveling around and some people think that the church latched onto that and they created like this holy spirit movement but i think what was happening was god was saying listen the church had become stagnant yeah it's become stopped- very academic and very legalistic yeah and had mm-hmm. stopped trying to to there was no there was no need to have God move in your life to move you towards making better choices. Mm. It was all I do these things. Yep. I act this way. Yep. These good things happen, right? Sure. And so all of the power now was put back onto to us as humans to do the right thing, do it the right way, yeah. and we were earning our salvation again. And yeah. so I Or it was a signal of a belonging to a tribe, right? Oh, right. oh, I, you know, I was born here, christened here, married here, and so it it was also a part of of an element of tribalism within the U.S. Right. At and least, so, I don't know about other nations. And so w- there there was a spiritual movement, and I think that the church led that spiritual movement. And But the problem is, is we brought with us a lot of that spiritualism, because a lot sure. of that spiritualism was predicting the future. You know, yeah. palm reading, all of yeah. those things got brought in with that. Well, and this this was sandwiched in between World War One and World War Two, right? Right. And so, man, if we think that we feel stressed and unstable <laughs> right. during COVID, and I mean, I'm not diminishing the incredible loss of life and security and economy during this time. It it has been tragic and global. But 
I mean, so was World War One and World War Two, right? right? And people were losing, losing family and friends and community on, on literally on a global scale. So I understand the appeal of right. being able to feel connected to the other world or being able to feel like we as individual people could have some sort of sway, influence, or that inside knowledge that John Ortberg talked about into what's coming. Yeah. That was a scary time. Yeah. But I, I say all this not to, to, to diminish what I would call like more the Pentecostal movement or, or some of those no, things, but to we, more we or less to participate to, to say that sometimes we bring the junk with us sure. that is not meant to be. And, and we bring these other things yeah. with us into the, the discussion. Mm -hmm. And that is not the purpose. We really need to be very careful to separate. Like, what does the Bible say yeah. that the role of the Holy Spirit is yeah. in our lives? And what does the Bible not say that the role of the Holy Spirit is in our lives, but we like because it makes us feel ooey gooey inside sure. over here. Or right? it fits our culture, right? Because, right. And yeah. because faith happens within cultural context, just like the Bible was written within its cultural context. We copy paste hours on top of our faith as well. And, you know, people a hundred years from now, if the world still exists, then we'll look back. And if they can listen to podcasts, they will listen, probably not to ours, but to some other Christian podcast and wonder how we didn't see the ways that we were bound to our culture. Right. Um, but that is actually one of the ways that the Holy Spirit um, does biblically function. The Holy Spirit is God going to humans. Right. It isn't... It isn't humans working up some sort of emotion. It's the Holy Spirit is sort of first and foremost, there's there's the Father and there's the Son, and then the Holy Spirit is God going to us, coming to us. Jesus was even brought to us via the Holy Spirit going to a human. Right. Yeah? Do you want me to keep reading? Because mm -hmm. you're drinking tea. I am. Okay. So again, um, let's talk in voices better than ours. Uh, Will uh, Williman from Duke Divinity School in North Carolina. This is a, a quote from a, a paper he wrote. It says, Christians are nothing without the Holy Spirit. Little in the Christian faith is self-derived. Jesus commands us to venture courageous, countercultural, demanding lives he orders us to love one another, to love our enemies, to take up the cross and follow, but never by our own devices. That's why the historic core of service of ordination is the Veni Creator Spiritus, which is Latin for come creator spirit. The Holy Spirit is then the means by which God the Father and Son proceed into human history. End of his quote. I will add, proceed into human culture, proceed into right. church behavior. Um, and for you and I and other people who are, you know, openly claim to be Christians, openly wear that, um, that gift and that, you know, weight. Um, it is the way that God, the father and the son proceed into our lives. Yeah, and interact with us. And what I and I'm I'm jumping ahead a little bit here, but one of the things I love about what he says here is to take up the cross and follow. Yeah. I think oftentimes um the Holy Spirit becomes a a crutch 
in mm. many ways, and it becomes a uh, a way for us to not. Um, I, I'm not going to say that the Holy Spirit is a convictor, but in many ways, that's what it is, right? Like you look at like the role of the Holy Spirit is to come into our lives and go, "You need to change this, right? Like yeah. you need to you need to address this." And I, I have this a little later in the notes, so I'm sorry if I'm jumping ahead. That's but, okay. I mean, there's we don't have to do them in a particular order because I, the Holy Spirit. The second thing we would say, <laughs> um, besides the Holy Spirit, the first we would assert is the Holy Spirit is God going to humans. But the second can be the Holy Spirit is a truth teller. Yeah. And so, yes, conviction can be part of that, right? When I'm, when I'm told the truth, when I get uh, at work, this actually happened to us this week, right? Wrote something and I was told the truth that this was not in alignment with the expectation. These, these are a couple ways that this can be fixed. Well, it feels like that feels like conviction, like, oh, shoot, I missed the mark. But it wasn't that I missed the mark. It was, I did the work. They needed it to look different. Okay, so you just change it. It was very right. easy to do. So that truth-telling isn't this conviction of back to the whole, you know, um, depra the depravity, what is your... Total depravity. Total depravity, or way back to the beginning episodes of, you know, are we just completely broken... Truth-telling isn't about highlighting that you're worthless or that what you do is invaluable or who you are has no meaning. Truth-telling is about inviting you to do things in the correct way, Yeah, and in I, the beneficial way. And what I love about that, so again, a lot of this is being seen through my personal lens of what we grew up yeah, and absolutely. how our church We are church not theologians. Talked, right, but how our church talked about the Holy Spirit and how, and I remember we used to joke about this, but there was this thing where people would go fresh fire, fresh fire. And we oh, made jokes yeah. about it, right? We did. And that because, wasn't always respectful. No, it wasn't, but it's okay. It was, we're growing up. It was now. good we don't do that. It was good. Yeah. A little bit. <laughs> oh goodness. So, but, but <laughs> still the, learning but, and growing. But the idea behind it was this idea that like, and I always loved the saying that like, that, that, that God came down like, like fire and fire is a purifier. Yeah. And I love that analogy. And I think that especially biblically. Yeah. I mean, the Bible yeah. talks about that a lot about the, about fire being this way that there's this cleansing yeah. element to it. Yeah. In fact, we talked about that last week in the episode, the, the burning coal right. that touched his lips. Right. And then suddenly. Right. Yeah. And so I think that what happens though is that we get to a place where we invite the fire to come in and fix all of our mistakes mm. as opposed to God coming in and showing us all of our mistakes and us changing who, how we interact with the people around us. Yeah. Which I think is a different way of looking at the Holy Spirit as coming yeah. alongside you. Yes, it's a purifier, but it is there to show impurities or imperfections and things that we can do to better yeah. show God's love to the people around us. It reminds me of the um, the verse, but now we see in a glass darkly, and then we should see face to face. Then we'll then we'll see face to face. And at, sort of as you're describing that, I'm thinking, oh yeah, like when, especially in the gym, right? You have to get your form right. You'll injure yourself if you're doing weight-bearing exercises, especially incorrectly, right? So you look in the mirror, it's n hopefully not to admire your 
phenomenal physique. Um, we don't, I don't go in that room at least at the gym, but, but you use the mirror to, to see, am I doing this correctly? And, and you do that in light of the experts who are demonstrating it. How is what they're doing? How is what I'm doing different than what they're doing? Right. Because at, so I can see myself clearly and it's not to affirm that, that how good I am. It's to see how am I in alignment with the thing that is best for me. Right. And the Holy Spirit as a truth teller isn't coming and saying, look at all the ways you're flawed. Ugh. It's saying, let me show you what being in correct alignment looks like. Let me show you what, what will bring you to the, the best. This is what it looks like. You're not there yet. That's okay. Again, we're closing, right? We're, yeah. we're getting to be fully human is to be most like Jesus. Or even, even on the other side of like, it's not the Holy Spirit isn't there to say, oh, what do you look like? But it's yeah. also not there to just take this all away from you and no responsibility left within you, right? right. Which is where right. I think that a lot of times we, we, when you get into a, I'll say a hyper-spiritualized world, you have to keep coming back to this place where this fire gets dumped on you, if you will. I'm just yeah. going to use the analogy, yep. right? Like this fire gets dumped on you to clean out all your impurities. Then you go out and you get dirty again. Then you come back yeah. and the fresh fire comes dumped on you to, yeah. to clean out your impurities. And God's going, I'm not in this for this cycle. You're not actually growing closer to me. Right. You're literally just using me as a way to cleanse yeah. things. It's and like that what is Paul not said with what we did. Just because grace abounds doesn't mean we should then go out and sin so grace can abound more, right? right. It, that's that's not the idea. In fact, I thank you for saying that because it's a perfect segue into um, John uh, Wenrich from Evangelical Covenant Church in Illinois wrote um, an article, and he's uh, referencing John fifteen twenty six, and here's what he says: an equally significant role of the Holy Spirit is the often overlooked or even feared helping churches tell the truth about themselves by assessing their current reality and trajectory, um, which is what you just said. And frankly, in the midst of all of the justice movement, the recognition of the ways that the church has fallen short in supporting um, members of color and even women, depending on some of the denominations, right? This would be a role of the Holy Spirit. Which ways, Lord, have we fallen short of treating your image bearers as full status image bearers? Right. That's a, we need some truth telling, but it's real uncomfortable. Um, Pastor Renish goes on, or Father Evangelical, right, Pastor, um, goes on to say, many churches are drawn to the Holy Spirit for power, but not for truth. They want revival without repentance comfort without conviction, fire without heat, and assets without assessment. They want the fruit without working on the root. Mm. Yeah. Like, oh, that's amazing. And I, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think that is, is ultimately the big question that I would like to kind of put out there is like, how do you view the Holy Spirit? Mm -hmm. Do you use the Holy Spirit or do you, or are you guided with and by the Holy Spirit? And I yeah. think there's a big difference between that. And 
and when we say guided, again, going back to what we were talking about way earlier in the conversation, it doesn't mean what do I wear today? What do I do today? Sure. But, but the Bible talks a lot about the Holy Spirit being a still small voice. Yeah. Right. And that idea being that it is with you at all moments. Mm-hmm. Tell, shining light on the areas and the opportunities that are around you in the moment. Yeah. Not predictive stuff, like what is going to happen to you next week and mm-hmm. all of that stuff. But where where is God able to use you right now? Yeah. And, and what are ways that we are operating in culture or broken yeah. identity or, um, you know, wrong thinking and what what ways are we operating like that that's preventing us from being in correct alignment with who God is and how God wants to you know this holy spirit role of God going to the humans what way are are we not allowing God to come near us or drawing near or telling the truth yeah, yeah. i think i think and you can always tell somebody that is guided by the Holy Spirit because I think in a lot of times they will they will have an understanding of empathy yeah. that is not I'll use the word supernatural that is supernatural right that yeah. is outside of what we typically would be able to do where they are able to go wow I don't understand that situation yeah. but I can I can I can still see it through the eyes of how God views that person. Yeah. And that is a unique thing that I think is only possible when you yeah. are in, in relationship with the Holy Spirit. And, and maybe one of the undercurrents of where the, um, the New Testament concept of they'll, they'll know us by our love for each mm. other, they'll know you for your love for one another, that, that that's what it is. It's the supernatural empathy it's a supernatural affection for each other and that's actually the third role of the holy spirit um that we have sort of identified for today is the holy spirit is a unifier Hmm. that um that when god draws near to us and when we hear god telling us the truth the result of that is that we we can be and should be closer to the other humans around us yeah. that we, that we should see ourselves correctly in that we are neither less than nor more importantly, greater than right. any of the other people in our world. And, um, and, do, and do you yeah, want to read you, this? No, you go ahead and read, but, but before okay. you read it, I want to say in what a beautiful message right now in the yeah. midst of where we are, you know, you know, we're leading into an election year. Uh, and, and, but, Lord help. but, but even outside of elections and a lot of outside of politics, just where we are as a culture of, yeah. of, I hear people talking and the, the inability for people to muster up empathy yeah. is on both sides. And I'm not talking political sides, but on all sides of a discussion, right. Yeah. Is, is an, is it, is eye-opening to me that yeah. God is, is this is why I truly believe that this is why where God is leading us. The yeah. idea of justice and all of those things is because God's like, it's time. We need to see yeah. things from somebody else's perspective. And the cav- and the vessel by which that will be delivered is through the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, absolutely. 
Um, so I will read uh, the another quote from today. It's from uh, Brent Strawn. Uh, he's part of Emory University in Georgia. And uh, he wrote a paper talking about uh, sort of the uh, the synthesis between what happens in Genesis 11 with the Tower of Babel uh, and and Pentecost, Acts 2, verses 1 through 13. I'm just going to read the quote for you because he says it better than I would anyway. Uh, well, it doesn't mean that diversity that the diversity established in Genesis 11 is suddenly done away with. It, it meaning... Pentecost. It isn't that the disciples all started speaking some proto-language that existed prior to the mix-up at Babel. No, the Holy Spirit gave them the ability to speak with all those diverse languages so as to speak about God's wondrous acts. That's chapter 2, verses 4 and 11. And as Peter proceeds to do in order to preach the gospel, chapter 2, verses 14 through 36. Yes, there is a unity God wills, and it too, no less than the diversity God wills, is connected to the redemptive purposes of God. Mm -hmm. I just, I, I think I read that paper three times through. I just loved that idea that we see um, in Genesis 1 that as humans um, sort of refuse to be diverse, they, they came together, we are one, and when we are one, we, we, will, we will conquer the heavens. And God's like, guys, what I asked you to do was fill the earth. Hmm. What I asked you to do was, was be di diverse. Go be diverse. But that it isn't just about the ways that we're separated. But, the, but it's about the way that we are connected despite or in the midst of all of our beautiful differences. Christianity isn't supposed to be homogenous, mm. but it is supposed to be unified. Yeah. And when the Holy Spirit, when God comes towards us and we are willing to participate in that, and when we are willing to hear the Holy Spirit speak the truth about who we are, we are image bearers and we are hands and feet and eyes and noses and toes and knees. And we are one body with different purposes and we need diversity. We need to fill the earth with all the crazy diversity that this creative God made. But we need to do it acknowledging that at the end of the day, we are one people. We are one nation under one God. Not the U.S. <laughs> not the U.S. So, Which would be terrible because I'm not just from here anyway. Yeah. So. so the Holy Spirit is not a magic genie. It's not a future predictor. I mean, it would be cool if it was Will Smith. But and he could sing like Will Smith or rap or whatever. I but I imagine that I think since more people, God gave Will Smith those talents, more people would listen to it. I'm just saying if I, I feel, he did. So I feel like I feel like the Holy Spirit probably could rap. Maybe just not to us, being that we're not rap music people. That's true. Yeah. Speaks to people in their own language. That's true. So we get like <laughs> I don't know, Hillsong, because <laughs> we're basic white kids. Okay, guys, uh, thank you for joining this conversation. As always, we would love to hear what you think. Um, offer corrections, different perspectives, what your experiences are. 
You can always find us at Bread and Cup Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. You can find us on our website, breadandcuppodcast.com. Um, and of course, you can listen in every week wherever you listen to podcasts. That's what we do, podcasts. Because that's what we try to do. To join the conversation, like and subscribe, then find us on Instagram at Bread and Cup Podcast. You can also find us at our website and other social platforms linked in the show notes.